the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dave Ellswick Show. It's uh, 55 degrees in Little Rock. We're looking at uh, 20 minutes after 6 on a Monday. Uh, your weather looks this way. For the rest of today, some sun, then clouds, high of uh, 66. Uh, tonight, heavy rain, low of 50. And on Tuesday, uh, morning showers, cloudy and 61 degrees. Uh, Conway's at 50, Cabot's at 50, Hot Springs is at 53, and Pine Bluff is at 55. All right, so the president held a press conference over the weekend. We were all hoping to hear him say that this whole social distancing thing uh, was going to be done with and we could get back to kind of our normal lives. Not going to be that way. Sorry to tell you that. Not going to be that way. He spoke to the press and, uh, you know, from CBS News. Here's a cut we got from the press conference. And I want you to listen to what the president had to say. And our other top health care. Ex- I mean, we have and these people are amazing. The healthcare care experts who in this country are the best in the world. They demonstrate that the mitigation measures we are putting in place may significantly reduce the number of new infections and ultimately the number of fatalities. I want the American people to know that your selfless, inspiring and valiant efforts are saving countless lives. You are making the difference. The modeling estimates that the peak in death rate is likely to hit in two weeks. So I'll say it again. The peak, the highest point of death rates, remember this, is likely to hit in two weeks. Nothing would be worse than declaring victory before the victory is won. That would be the greatest loss of all. Therefore, the next two weeks and during this period, it's very important that everyone strongly follow the guidelines, have to follow the guidelines that our great vice president holds up a lot. He's holding that up a lot. He believes in it so strongly. The better you do, the faster this whole nightmare will end. Therefore, we will be extending our guidelines to April 30th to slow the spread. On Tuesday, we will be finalizing these plans and providing a summary of our findings, supporting data, and strategy to the American people. So we'll be having lots of meetings in between, but we'll be having a very important statement made on Tuesday, probably Tuesday evening, on all of the findings, all of the data, and the reasons we're doing things the way we're doing them. We can expect that by June 1st, we will be well on our way to recovery. We think by June 1st, a lot of great things will be happening. I want every citizen 
in our country to take heart and confidence in the fact that we have the best medical minds in the world tackling this disease. We have the best science, the best researchers, and the best talent anywhere working night and day to protect your family and loved ones and to overcome this pandemic. With the grace of God, we are rising to the occasion. We are proving that no darkness can overshadow the eternal light of American courage. We will win, and when we do, we will rebound with astonishing force and speed. We will be stronger than ever, and we will have learned so much where something like this can never hurt us to the extent it has and the world again. In our present crisis, the strength of our people is our single most important asset, and together we will defeat this invisible curse, this invisible enemy and rise to incredible new heights the modeling all right that was the president uh from the other day and uh did not give us the information that we were hoping to get uh we were hoping to hear that the social distancing guidelines uh would have been broken uh we could get back to our normal lives early uh, and it's just not going to be that way. As you heard him talking, they're saying now that the pandemic spike of deaths uh, will happen in two weeks. Did you know, I, I, I was just reading uh, this morning, I spent about uh, an hour and a half getting ready for the show, and I was checking all the websites. I read CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, all the websites, Fox, everybody to see uh, if anybody has anything uh, that I think you should know about. And one made a very interesting statement. 60%, 60% right now, at least that's what this story said, was that in, in 60% of all the cases of COVID-19 are in New York. Think about that for a moment. I mean, it's one of the, if not the most popular city. But, you know, they're up there high. I, have, we, I haven't heard much about L.A., although I have to figure L.A. is high as well. We know that San Francisco's had some problems. We know that Seattle has had some problems. It's been urban areas had most of the problems. There was a story uh, that posted this morning early saying that the COVID-19 virus was going to strike uh, rural areas uh, more noticeably over the next few weeks. But the bottom line is the president and uh, was he said that I was being aspirational and I understand that he was hoping for the best as quickly as possible. And so he said, you know, we get into the beginning of April uh, we should be able around uh, Easter get a chance to move towards, uh, n- you know, normal uh, living. But that's not going to be the case. Uh, we're going to be doing this until uh, the end of April. He set, he set a deadline now of April 30th. And I wouldn't put that in concrete, although I will say this, uh, to make sure that our economy does come back. Uh, We can't go real long. I mean, they're going to be pumping a whole lot of money into businesses and things of that nature. 
But you can only do that so many times before the country, of course, would go broke. So um, they're going to have to be able to rev up our economy again here uh, in uh, the near future. So we hope that that happens here shortly. Uh, The United States has a low death rate compared to many of the other countries uh, that are out there. Uh, Today's chart that uh, is on there, America's COVID-19 death rate is very low so far. Skeptics will say we're about to get clobbered by a wave of uh, fatalities. Optimists will note that the more we can test people, the, no, the more we'll find non-fatal cases improving the odds. So we are sh- uh, sure about having um, more people being tested. They've got this new test now that they can get back in five minutes. Yeah, you heard me right, five minutes. If there's one thing that's good about uh, silver lining, about this very dark cloud that's been sitting over us and the world, Uh, during this last couple of weeks is that we've learned how to deal with this better. We should have learned how to deal with this better um, many times before. But it has come, and we deal with it, and then it is gone. And then we forget about it. This time, we cannot forget about it. Our medical system is going to have to change. It's going to have to change in a way so that when something like this happens, we can meet the challenge. And uh, they're meeting the challenge now. i got to give them credit. Healthcare workers are our big heroes right now. They're like the first responders, and they're doing fantastic work. All right, let me get you caught up on the news. That's coming up right now here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Uh, Kind of a... How are we going to handle these pandemics uh, in the future? And there will be others like this uh, in the future. Mother Nature is never sleeping. She is always, you know, changing things up on us that can make it difficult uh, to keep up with these things. I mean, uh, the coronavirus has had several different iterations with, you know, the swine flu, the the bird flu, and all the rest. And now we've got COVID-19. They're going to have to come up uh, with a new title for this as they start zeroing it in. It's looking maybe about bats, so this may be called bat flu. I don't know. But there are some things that we're learning uh, that will help us in the uh, uh, the future. For instance... Uh, There are several key ingredients for an American strategy to move forward, which would minimize human and economic casualties. They include such as a large-scale contact tracing effort. And I know there's a lot of people who don't want to hear about how your cell phone is being used, even as we speak, to be able to trace you. And uh, if you are shown to be a carrier, they'll be able to see if you are social distancing yourself, if you're not, where you've been, and who you might have infected. They'll be able to do that. Uh, We're looking at uh, widespread testing, and already now we have come leaps and bounds over the last month about testing. 
the reason testing went so slow at the beginning is because the government had their fingers in every part of the testing. Uh, you know, the president couldn't order uh, you know, large-scale testing in certain areas or anything like that because that had to be done by the uh, Federal uh, Drug Administration, the FDA. Why was that? Because uh, government administrative uh, groups, uh, whether it be, you know, teachers' groups or medical groups or uh, the, uh, the president or the Congress or the Senate or whatever, protect their turf and we've got to get to the point here in this country that the the good of the nation is much more important than the power base that is being uh, used so uh, this new large uh, uh, widespread testing that's coming into uh, being is going to be great. I told you last half hour, if you missed it, they have a test. I think it's Abbott Labs, if I'm not mistaken, who mentioned it, who came up with it. Five-minute results. Five-minute results. When we first started, several-day results. Now five minutes, which means you go in, you get tested. They can tell you why you're doctors, uh, what's, what's going going on. Uh, building up health care capacity before easing restrictions. See, that the reason they're flattening the curve, the reason that they want you to stay home and me to stay home and our families to stay home, uh, except for, you know, things that we have absolutely got to do, uh, is because uh, they don't want to get a ton of people, When the, now you got a test that's going to give you five-minute results. You don't want to overburden the hospitals. They only have X amount of beds. I mean, every building in America can't be a hospital. So to keep a rush on medical facilities down, we're doing it the way that we're doing it. It's to, it's to try to contain the virus so that everybody's not out uh, like we were in the past at times, like with measles. And uh, I can remember as a kid, they used to have measles parties, uh, parents did. And if a kid had the measles, everybody went to the party. All the other kids went to the party. Everybody got, you know, got, uh, you know, uh, uh, infected and then got through the measles and uh, built up immunity and things of that nature. So uh, we're not doing that kind of way things anymore because now i can tell you with the helicopter pilot uh, parents that we got and things of that nature they would be overwhelming uh the hospitals in, in that case so that's part of why they're doing it the way they're doing it and they're trying to build up health care capacity before easing the restrictions because when they ease the restrictions there's going to be some more people going to get infected. Just know that. And they're going to go to the hospital looking for treatment. Uh, making future quarantines more targeted. Uh, probably, probably would have helped if we could have zeroed in on Seattle immediately. And when New York started showing uh, a massive uh, uh, infections, that we got uh, involved there. 
a lot faster than we did. Uh, I think that they have been making some pretty big movements uh, in Louisiana right now or, you know, New Orleans and other areas uh, to uh, fight uh, the uh, virus right now. So we're learning a lot of things. And then finally, we're finding that we can allow those who have recovered and have some immunity, not complete immunity, but some immunity to go back to work. So uh, I think that that's kind of what they're saying as we listen to the president talk. And uh, he made the statement and just played that for you a moment ago, uh, saying that uh, it looks like the social distancing is going to continue until June 1st. I think they all realize you can't have just you can't have one major uh, fatality here. The United States economy cannot be kept shut down and expecting businesses just to be able to rev up at a moment's notice and get back to work. That's not the way business works. Everybody knows that. So people who have businesses, uh, they've offered them uh, some of these helps in phase one, two, and three uh, that they've passed thus far. And this is just a Band-Aid. Folks, this is a Band-Aid on probably, I kind of feel like maybe an arterial cut. You're trying to staunch the flow right now uh, somewhat and and keep the uh, the business community able to be ready to go back and get it going uh, when you're going to uh, let people start to go back to work again. So you've got to keep that. Again, I, uh, my, I told you earlier, this is a real bright spot uh, for us. Uh, we have a low rate of death compared to a whole lot of other countries. We're not anywhere near where Italy is or where Spain is and where China was. We're, we're not there. Uh, now, what's going on that the law enforcement has to de- deal with? Well, they're having some uh, coronavirus parties being show, uh, thrown, and uh, people are reporting them, uh, and we've got the um, uh, police showing up, uh, for instance, in uh, other areas in some states uh, to uh, arrest those participants. By the way, a story I covered last week, you'll remember this, about a woman who walked into a grocery store, said as loud as she could as she was walking around, she was saying, man, I just feel so terrible. I feel sick. And she was coughing on food and sneezing on the food. In fact, she spit on some of the food. And it resulted uh, in the grocery store involved Uh, having to get rid of about $35,000 worth of food and shutting those areas down where this woman had been. The Department of Health came in with the store and uh, were able to identify where this woman had been. They cleaned out everything, threw it away, and then disinfected uh, the whole uh, place. And just... Just incredible about uh, you know something that you would do. I and and people say, well, there's the First Amendment. First Amendment doesn't cover that kind of stupidity. That's like you know yelling fire, yelling fire in uh, you know a crowded theater. You don't do that. Well, they caught the woman who did it. They do have her under arrest. She is undergoing psychological testing to find out 
Uh, you know, is she mentally incapable? Uh, she has already posted uh, a bond, uh, and uh, they're going to get her for terroristic uh, threatening. And it's something that people should think about. You know, you think about you're going to do this. I mean, uh, uh, remember a while back, I guess it, maybe a year ago. I don't know if it's been a year, maybe been two years. I still sits in my mind the, the people who were doing uh, the Blue Bell Challenge. Do you remember that? They were work, walking into grocery stores, taking the top off of Bluebell ice cream and then licking it and then putting the top back on and putting it into the freezer again. Well, they got all those people and all those people faced stiff, stiff fines and jail time and rightly so. Now you can't you do that now when you got something like COVID-19, you're li- liable to go to jail for a long time, not just for a couple of weeks, not for just a couple of months. I'm talking about several years. All right, let's get a break in. It's a quarter till seven. We got to do that. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll talk more about some of the new things that are coming out, uh, new stories that you probably may not have had time to get a hold of. Uh, before the day's up, I'm going to play a uh, interview that uh, the uh, House Minority Leader uh, did with Bartoloma over on Fox News uh, dealing with uh, Nancy Pelosi that you don't want to miss. I mean, seriously, you don't want to miss this. And then uh, Steve Bannon, I've got an interview that he did with five uh, that I want you to hear as well dealing with uh, China. Right now, we're fighting the virus. But after we fought the virus and we've got back to some normalcy with our economy and with our health, then it's going to be time for the Western nations to take care of China. China has been trying to obfuscate a lot of things, doing smoke and mirrors, so to speak, trying to take the uh, uh, magnifying glass off of them and saying, oh, America spread the disease or this country spread the disease. No, they started it and they have to be held accountable. And there's one part of that interview that I will draw specific attention to because Governor Asa Hutchinson needs to be taken and weighing what Steve O'Bannon says as well. All right, let's get our break in. 13 minutes to 7, it's the Dave Ellswick Show, live from my dining room, right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Uh, If you didn't get to hear what the president said over the weekend about the social distancing standards and what we've got in place right now to try to defeat the uh, coronavirus, uh, we will play that again for you in the first segment of the 7 o'clock hour. So we'll get it in before quarter after 7 uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show, as well as at 8 o'clock. You've heard a lot of companies are out making things. Uh, they're, they're quit making the stuff that they make. There's, you know, microbreweries that aren't making uh, their brews anymore, not making their type of uh, vodka or not making their kinds of uh, whiskeys anymore, uh, but are making hand sanitizer, have switched over to hand sanitizer because people need hand sanitizer right now. So that's going on. And 
people changing their business from, I don't know, making cars. Like Ford has changed over making cars to making ventilators. This is stuff that you see during times of war, which should tell you that we're at war with a virus right now. And some things that were in kind of short supply, uh, we're trying to make up for that. And we'll talk with Mike Lindell, the owner of My Pillow, that you see on the television all the time, MyPillow.com. And he's going to talk about how My Pillow now is making uh, uh, masks uh, to help out businesses as well. And then part of the, my discussion with him is going to be, you know, business, private business, helping right now to get through this time. And uh, how, for instance, GM for whatever reason, seems to me has forgotten what the American taxpayer did for them pulling their their fannies out of the, the hot baking grease uh, and, uh, and saving their country. And now when it comes time for GM uh, to, you know, stand up and say, we're going to do this for the American people are uh, fighting about uh, whether uh, they're going to do uh, ventilators because show us the money kind of thing. So we'll talk about that further in the 8 o'clock hour. That's coming your way. Right now, though, Steve O'Bannon uh, was on uh, with the Five the other day, and they did uh, an uh, interview with him, and it dealt with China. Boris Johnson's government, the U.K., is reportedly furious with China's handling of the coronavirus with U.K. officials quoted yesterday warning that Beijing faces a reckoning once the COVID-19 crisis is over. The newspaper says scientists have warned Johnson that China could have downplayed its numbers of confirmed cases of the coronavirus by a factor, are you ready for this, of 15 to 40 times. Remember how they were talking about they had thousands of deaths uh, in, in Wuhan province? Elaine Gao, a Chinese jur- uh, journalist, says using estimates based on calculations of cremations and urns now being returned to families that between 42 and 46,000 people died in that city and surrounding areas in their two and a half months of lockdown. That's far more than the official figure, are you ready for this, of 2,500 people. So here's what Steve O'Bannon had to say. 20 seconds on this and let's get to China. What do you think here? It's very powerful. He Every day he gets up there, he walks through the power moves that he's doing to help the governors and to help the mayors. And that's why people are tuning in. They want that information. I think these, these things cannot stop. He's a wartime president. We're at war against one of the most dangerous enemies the country's ever had. We're in an economic crisis that he's solving with Congress. It needs, I think it actually needs to be expanded with other people. But President Trump's part of it, I think, is very powerful and must continue. The country needs it. All right. And China accountable real quick. 
Okay, well, look, we now know that China knew about human-to-human transmission. Look, President Trump is dealing with Xi at a level he has to deal with it. The two countries have to get along. The Chinese people, who are the most decent, hardworking people on earth, have been really terrorized, I think, by the Chinese Communist Party. The Chinese Communist Party knew about this maybe as early as late November, and they didn't really fess up to human-to-human transmission until they couldn't hide it anymore. It's their biological Chernobyl, and they basically fessed up to it in mid-January. That is about 45 to 60 days this thing metastasized. The destruction in the world's capital markets, the destruction in pension funds, in value, in the human lives from Italy to India to Europe to the United States and to China. Remember, they were the biggest victims of this, is on the doorsteps of the Chinese Communist Party. They are absolutely responsible for this, and they must be held accountable. You're seeing people in the Senate right now saying that, like Josh Hawley, Marco Rubio, Senator Cotton, are saying they have to be held accountable. I think every company that took a penny must sue them in federal court. I also think that any company that takes a penny must bring the supply chain back. And I got to tell you, the peoples of the world, and particularly particularly the decent people in... We've got to get that back in there. And, and this is, by the way, the people yep. that we're fighting for is also the Chinese people. These people I are agree. terrific. This is a totalitarian totalitarian dictatorship. If you see what they allowed, they lied about what was going on in Wuhan to the people in Wuhan. And the doctors who were the heroes there who exposed it were tortured yep. and forced to sign confessions. They were rumor mongers. These doctors went back, and Dr. Lee, who's a martyr and a world hero, went back and died giving treatment to the people. People in Wuhan. That's the quality of people you have in China. And You're these right. are the monsters in the All Chinese right. Communist Party. They must be Thank held you. accountable. Steve, always appreciate it. Thanks, Biological. Justin. All right. So interesting uh, interview there with uh, Steve O'Bannon. Now, what was said in that, that our governor needs to take uh, big ears in here, and that is any place, any state, local, municipality, Uh, The federal government who has taken a dollar from Chinese companies to be here in the United States needs to get ready to prepare a lawsuit, uh, a uh, international lawsuit to go after the Chinese government. Again, let me remind you, a Chinese journalist has said that if you look at the number of cremations and urns between 42 and 46,000 people died in Wuhan, the Chinese government said only 2,300 have died in Wuhan. That is more than just a discrepancy. There's more to talk about dealing with uh, the coronavirus. It's amazing to me that Marco Rubio calls out the uh, the uh, journalist about Talking about how we got more deaths than China does, that's so that's just so full of crap, it's unbelievable. And the Trump haters are out there saying, well, let me just read one uh, tweet real quick. Republican corruption, incompetence tanked the economy, has resulted in thousands of unnecessary deaths. B.S. to the person who posted that. A lefty, I'm sure. All right. We got more to talk about when we come back here on Dave Ellswick Show. First hour's in the book. 7 o'clock coming up.
Let's get into the 7 o'clock hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, joining us uh, from MyPillow.com. You've seen him on television. You've seen him on Fox. You've seen him all over the media. Mike Lindell joins us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Mike, it's a pleasure. Thank you for carving out uh, some time in a very, uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, stressful time for yourself. Uh, I wanted to talk about how American industry, uh, for the most part, has stepped up. Uh, we'll talk about one of the companies that hasn't stepped up and and uh, how mad that makes me. But let's talk about my pillow first. You guys are going to start making face masks. Is that correct? Yes, we started last week about three weeks ago when the president, you know, reached out for everybody to chip, you know, help out. And uh, so I started doing my due diligence and it took a couple of weeks to figure out which is the I re- actually reached out to the vice presidents. Uh, they have a coalition where you can reach out and find out what's needed and what uh, what I could do. And I um, so I, do, I we, we took uh, 200,000 square feet of factory and turned it into uh uh for making face masks and we're putting uh last week we start right out of the gate we were making over ten thousand and this week i hope to get up to fifty thousand a day wow it's, uh, it's just great great to be able to help out we we were able to react very fast because the cloth ones match our um match what we do we have so we have the sewing machines and we we had to replace them uh spread them out so that to make it safe for my employees too and and um what i'm finding out is i'm hearing from all over the country now um you know different people that businesses that want to want to help out and they not they want to know how so i've become kind of an information center too which is real nice uh i'm gonna actually going to i'm flying to washington dc today to meet with the president vice president with some other companies that that helped out and we're we're going to have a round table and see if they're what we've been hearing and what's going to work and so i'm excited that i was very blessed that i was invited to that today you know, Mike, this is what's impressive to me. You took a 200,000-square-foot factory. Now, let me say that for people to kind of picture that, uh, if you add about 50,000 extra square foot to the Walmart Supercenter in Cabot, you'd have about 200 square feet. They took a factory that size, and in three days, you switched from making what you were making for my pillow into making these face masks, Correct. Yes, that's correct. And they are. and uh, I have a great, you know, it's great seeing my employees too. Everybody step up. Everybody wants to help, and we're we're in an anomaly in a time and uh, unprecedented. And everybody's got to do things that they that they um, you know to help out. And we you know we got to get through this. And it's and it um, it was just uh, I was there the one day till midnight myself working. 
Um, we've had some of them, you know, we have to launder them. Some of them we have to launder in these different specifications. And, and it was like, uh, it's like running a, a a big orchestra trying to you know to guide everyone. Let's say, okay, you guys will move over here. We'll do this over here. Let's and uh, but by today now, uh, I just called down there because now we're running two. Or, we're going to run a third shift. We're running two right now. We're we're expanding so we can sell. We can expand the production just to add shifts. And uh, I'm even adding. I have three other companies that make stuff for my pillow, like my made in the USA bed topper out of Massachusetts and. Uh, and I have some in South Carolina and uh, also in uh, Connecticut. We have places, and we they're switching over too today. Um, actually, last Friday, and so I'm going to get as many uh, as many companies involved as I can personally. Yeah. Bottom line for people who are tuning in right now, this is Mike Lundell. He's from My Pillow. <coughs> you see him all the time. MyPillow.com. We play his commercials here on the radio on our Salem station here in Little Rock. And and Mike, something I didn't know until I read this story is that you make these masks by hand. They're they're not mechanized, right. so to speak. They got to be made by hand, right. and you said you can only make a hundred to a hundred and twenty uh, during a regular shift. That so the bottleneck is just per, getting per, people, per, you know, yeah. to do it. Right, one person can sew about the the best sewers we're finding are hitting around one twenty. Um, and we were when I say by hand, we were actually fortunate. We have a very expensive machine that does the computer cutting that cuts the patterns. So we can, uh, the mass patterns, you know, we can switch it to do anything. So we were able to, have, we have guys in-house that are experts at that. But once we have that, everything else is done by hand. And and they're going to get, they'll be, they'll step it up and get it a little faster. I, when I'm there, I'm so particular. It's like uh, every mask, I want, I want every mask to be as good as one I would use myself. And, uh, cool. and they have specifications and, and we're... Uh, it's just uh, we're video we videotaping today. I just uh, for the, you know, for, this is a historical time we're in, and just to get uh, whatever we get through. I want everyone out there to have hope too. I think uh, what we showed before this happened, when our great president and administration showed us where we could be with an economy. I think having that happen before this was a blessing. So I think everybody can see what can happen when when everything's are going great and. And now with what's going on, um, you know, when we come out of this, it's going to be different. It's going to be different, but just like other things, like after 9-11, our country came out of that, and we, we it became a safer country. We all, uh, you, you know, you had airports. Everybody stepped up. Uh, um, making safe, you know, making things safer. Back in the day, there was Tylenol. There was a scare, and and Tylenol um, got put in safety caps. I think it was in the 80s. So then every other yep. every other product got safety. Every other product got safety caps, and it be, it became a better world, a safer world. And I and that's what our president's going to make this the safest country in the planet when we get through this. Well, let, let's switch gears just a little bit from my pillow to something in general dealing with, you know, our whole deal with uh, talking private business, talking capitalism. Capitalism has really stepped up here recently. Something that I think all Americans are learning and a lot, a lot of Americans didn't know is that most of our pharmaceuticals are made over in China. Now, Tom Cotton, our 
our uh, junior senator here in Arkansas, has already put an, a bill into the Senate that he wants to see that move back overseas and here in the United States so that we can never be held hostage. Good idea as far as you're concerned? Well, that's um, that's what the, it's exactly what the president's going to be doing. Um, he's been saying this since he's since even before he was elected that we cannot. You know, we had when ninety some percent of all your medical supplies too is made over there. Um, right now, you know, look at when we were relying on gas for for decades, and now we're now we're the biggest producer, and we we don't have to be held hostage there either but i you know this when we when we clear this we will never be held hostage again right now i just heard yesterday that uh that china they came back or something and they have uh um they're they might make it now where they're not gonna they're gonna keep a lot of the masks for themselves over there and can you imagine now if they completely shut everybody off because it you know um, it, we can this can never ever happen again. So the, if you're, we're going to not only bring manufacturing back, but also the the right manufacturing, or if we don't have, we're going. I'm sure we're going to have stockpiles now because we're going to be. We will never be caught like this again. Where this is uh, not only trying to get through it all, but then what, what's going to happen in the aftermath here too? Yeah, you know, Mike, it's one thing to. Uh you know, make uh, T-shirts. It's another thing to make, uh, you know, masks that protect protect uh, uh, healthcare workers from a, uh, a virus like the COVID nineteen. So we're going to really have to rethink this. And after listening to Boris Johnson yesterday over there in the UK, it sounds like to me that Western democracies and, of course, even some Eastern countries are starting to rethink how they view uh, the Chinese, not the people. Chinese people work hard. We just played a piece from Steve Bannon that this is not about the Chinese people. This is about a communist government, and we've got to be very careful about them. Absolutely. And, and you know, people are seeing through, uh, you know, when the president called it the China virus, What? of course that's what it is. They, you know, that's... Uh, their government over there, the things that they hid, they hid in the beginning in January. I was watching a thing, a whole special on last night that they were showing what they did. And then it came over there and they, and they, uh, you know, they even hid that it spread person to person. And what, what's shameful when you hold all the cards, you're going, okay, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing that they, they didn't say before when we were doing that trade deal to say, you know what, if you don't, it's funny. They didn't say, well, we're never going to give you medical supplies unless you, uh, um, give in, you know? And, uh, I, it's a, I think the whole world is seeing what a stranglehold they had on everybody, and, and uh, it's all going to change. You know, there's so many, like I said, so many good things will come out of this. Yes. And I think, you know, pe- people at home to pray and stay in the faith and spend time with your families now, read, your, read the Bible, and, and, uh, and just uh, be, and be, uh, be blessed that we have an administration and a president in charge at, the, at such a time as this. Well, Mike, last question for you. Your thoughts about GM. GM has been asked by the president uh, to make uh, ventilators. They they really balked at it, and now he's told them they're going to have to make these gentle, uh, 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 ventilators. Bad, bad PR for them, considering uh-huh. the American people bailed their butts out not more than a few years back. 
Oh, yeah. Wait, that's shameful. I'll tell you what, whoever made that decision trying to argue for price or whatever, exactly that. I probably the worst PR move ever in history. And what a, and that just shows that they, there's still greed out there. And um, I, I couldn't believe it. I heard that. I go, are you kidding me? Yep. And I thought the same thing. I go, I thought we bailed them out a few years ago. That's exactly what I thought. I go, yep. it's one thing to say, you know, give another reason, but, they, you know, some crazy reason why you, why you can't do it or don't feel you should do it. But, boy, oh, boy, they, uh, when the American public bailed them out and, they, uh, and then they tried to pull this. Well, you remember back then uh, they used to say GMC and say government-made cars. Uh, here's the problem is that, uh, I'll be honest with you, they don't change their tune here pretty quick. I'll never buy another GM product. That's the way I'll be. There's, there's plenty of competition out there. Absolutely, and people remember things like this in a crisis. You know, they're, one of the things, too, you know, people are seeing all the – all the things you, and when you have a crisis like this, you see both the good and the bad bubble to the top. And I think people now, I'm so happy to hear our president's, uh, I think it's over 60% his uh, popularity or how, how they feel the job he's doing. And I, I sent the thing to him the other day. One of my friends said uh, he, does, he doesn't like Donald Trump. And, and he said, Mike, he said, you know, he says, I'm not a big uh, President Donald Trump fan, but he said he's doing such a good job in this crisis. He said, God bless him. He said, I think he's turning me. And that's what people are seeing that what he, you know, having a common sense um, he takes in all the information and be able to make these great decisions and now to use them not only in a crisis, but to set us up for the aftermath of the crisis. And I, um, you know, I don't know what it all means, but, uh, this is God's got us. This is, I believe we're in the biggest revival, uh, ever in history because, uh, so many things we took for granted. And now, you know, now we, uh, people are going to open their eyes and see, well, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, we should, uh, you know, t- take, uh, bring God back to our schools and God back to our country and God back to our lives. Now yeah, we'll see if that happens, but I will say this, the Bible's very clear. Uh, that uh, God takes whether it's good or bad and uses it for good. So good things will come out of this. I agree with you, Mike Lindell. Thanks so much for the time, Mike. You're a great American. We appreciate your patriotism and what you've done with your company. And thanks for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show this morning. Thanks for having me on. God bless you all. All right. Thank you, Mike Lindell, here on the Dave Ellswick Show, known for MyPillow.com. They're making... uh, uh, face masks now for the medical community and uh, remember he was telling it takes one person eight hours a day we have to do them by hand you can only make like 100 to 120 so the bottleneck is not getting just getting people you know to do it uh, you got to do all the other things that are important like we've put our workers six feet apart now they've they completely redesigned that this is as mind-boggling to me, redesigned a 200,000-square-foot factory to do this. I mean, they moved the people and how close they worked together, how they packaged all this, how they made all this. He was telling about uh, there's different specifications about how you launder the cotton and all of that. They've done it. And that's what American industry is doing across the board for the most part. There are some outliners and there's some people out there that are not being good, quote, 
corporate neighbors. <coughs> GM. All right, we got more coming your way. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. That was nice talking to Mike Lindell from uh, my pillow. 22 minutes after 7. Got to get you some weather, get you some uh, traffic. Let's do that now. Uh, Robert Steinbach will join me as well at 735. We've got a lot more to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, uh, the folks over at uh, David Lucas Financial want you to keep in mind uh, that if you're worried about this meltdown with the stock market, there is some great news to be found in this. According to Forbes, this could be a huge opportunity right now to save big money on taxes and retirement. Learn how with a free tax reduction analysis by phone or video conference. Uh, from David Lucas Financial right here in Little Rock. I mean, David understands social distancing is big right now, so he can do this by phone or by, uh, you know, uh, video conferencing, do some FaceTime with you or whatever. So if you've saved more than $400,000, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free analysis now at 501-222-3315. This big drop in the stock market could be your window of opportunity to save tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes over the lifetime of your retirement. Learn how by calling right now, 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Call now uh, because now's the time to act, not a week from now, a month from now, but right now. we got about uh, three minutes before we get to news at the bottom of the hour. And uh, let's talk just a little bit about uh, some things that have been going on here over uh, the weekend. And uh, we've talked already and have played for you. Uh, the information about uh, the president has said that the whole social distancing and the reopening of the American economy uh, was not going to happen until probably June 1st because he's going to uh, extend the social distancing until April 30th. means that, for instance, I'll be doing my show every morning. I'll be getting up, fixing breakfast, and then walking and cleaning up in here in my uh, dining room and doing my show live from the Dave Ellswick dining room. Well, Treasury Secretary Steven uh, Mnuchin said Sunday that qualifying Americans can expect to see their $1,200 check. And if you're a, uh, a couple that is filing jointly $2,400 check deposited into their checking account within three weeks. Now, the people who will be able to do that are the people who have had like your, uh, you know, tax returns uh, returned to you. Uh, in your, uh, uh, you know, checking accounts. Uh, That's how I get mine, direct deposited. Uh, Mnuchin, who played a lead role in the $2 trillion bill's passage, told CBS's Face the Nation that there will be an online system created so Americans who are not signed up right now can do so and skip waiting for a physical check. Quote, we expect that within three weeks, that people who have direct deposit information with the IRS and the federal government will see those direct deposits in their bank accounts, he said. 
and we will create a web-based system for people where we don't have their direct deposit. Uh, they can uh, upload it so that they can get the money immediately as opposed to checks in hand. Again, individuals are eligible for payments up to $1,200, but that decreases for those who earn an adjusted gross income of more than $75,000. The bill says that the payment is reduced by 5% of every dollar above that mark, or $50 for every $1,000 above $75,000. Mnuchin told Fox News Sunday that he believes that by the third quarter, of 2020 this year, Americans will see an economic recovery with production and employment levels back up. And I, I'll put this in myself. Not only will they be back up, but when we are healed and ready to really get at it, the uh, stock market and all the purveyors of economic news will be in the green and be very good. Time for Rush. Let's get to that now on the Dave Ellswick Show. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil tumbled uh, over the weekend. It went to below $20 Sunday night after President Trump extended the COVID-19 social distancing guidelines to April 30th. We'll let you hear that in just a moment. Uh, West Texas Intermediate Futures for May delivery down by as much as 7.3% at $19.92 a barrel on Sunday evening and on track for their lowest close since February of 2002 before trimming their losses. The contract, which previously traded below $20 during the current downturn but did not close below the level, was lower by 5.1% at $20.42 cents a barrel on Monday morning. Uh, The uh, slide comes after prices plunged Friday in response to Saudi Arabia, saying it has not held talks with Russia regarding a joint agreement to balance oil markets. Uh, Crude oil prices have crashed 68% this year as the price war between Saudi Arabia and Russia has added to a supply gulf uh, at the same time that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused a demand destruction. So uh, keep all of that in your, uh, uh, your mind. It does mean this, your gas prices are going to go down significantly more than what they have. Uh, we went out and filled up our tank yesterday uh, before this news uh, firmly hit the market, but we filled up at less than uh, or just a little over a dollar fifty. Uh, a gallon, and that is incredibly low. Uh, they're saying, some people are saying, now just think about it, that gas prices may tip under a dollar a gallon before this is all over with. And it's having an effect on the people who work in the oil patch. I look, my, uh, my son-in-law uh, works in the oil patch down in Texas, and uh, I was hearing from my daughter, his wife, saying that his company kept him on, and he was excited about that because a lot of people have lost their jobs or been put on furlong or furlough, so so to speak, uh, and uh, will be coming back in the near future. But 
Uh, he's being kept on because he's one of the really good ones. I mean, I'm not, I'm not making empty braggadocious remarks. Uh, my son-in-law knows his business and knows it well and does a great job. So he's, he's keeping his job, uh, but he took a pay cut. That's uh, part of the deal that goes along with all of this. So it's just something to keep in mind. At the last radio, the last radio station I worked at, uh, we had a downturn at the station, and I took a 15% pay cut. Uh, and then uh, the only time that I got irritated was when they came back, and they were talking to me about uh, re-signing my uh, agreement, and I agreed to do it. And they said, you know what, you did so well. We're going to give you a 15% raise. And I just started laughing. And I said, let me get this straight. You, you took 15% so that we could keep some people here still working because that was the key. Talent had to take a 15% pay cut or that some people that weren't part of talent that are support staff and things of that nature would have lost their jobs. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to do my part, so I took a 15% pay uh, cut. So now they're going to give me a 15% pay raise. And I said, okay, we'll call it even. It was uh, pretty hilarious at the time that it was happening. And I looked at it and just amazed me. All right, so the president announced that we're going to keep social distancing going. Uh, Robert Steinbach will join us here on the phone after we get done with this. Here's what the president had to say yesterday. Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci and our other top... Healthcare, ex- I mean, we have, and these people are amazing, the healthcare experts who in this country are the best in the world. They demonstrate that the mitigation measures we are putting in place may significantly reduce the number of new infections and ultimately the number of fatalities. I want the American people to know that your selfless, inspiring, and valiant efforts are saving countless lives. You are making the difference. The modeling estimates that the peak in death rate is likely to hit in two weeks. So I'll say it again. The peak, the highest point of death rates, remember this, is likely to hit in two weeks. Nothing would be worse than declaring victory before the victory is won. That would be the greatest loss of all. Therefore, the next two weeks... And during this period, it's very important that everyone strongly follow the guidelines, have to follow the guidelines that our great vice president holds up a lot. He's holding that up a lot. He believes in it so strongly. The better you do, the faster this whole nightmare will end. Therefore, we will be extending our guidelines to April 30th to slow the spread. On Tuesday, we will be finalizing these plans and providing a summary of our findings, supporting data, and strategy to the American people. So we'll be having lots of meetings in between, but we'll be having a very important statement made on Tuesday, probably Tuesday evening, on all of the findings, all of the data, And 
the reasons we're doing things the way we're doing them. We can expect that by June 1st, we will be well on our way to recovery. We think by June 1st, a lot of great things will be happening. I want every citizen in our country to take heart and confidence in the fact that we have the best medical minds in the world tackling this disease. We have the best science, the best researchers, and the best talent anywhere working night and day to protect your family and loved ones and to overcome this pandemic. With the grace of God, we are rising to the occasion. We are proving that no darkness can overshadow the eternal light of American courage. We will win, and when we do, we will rebound with astonishing force and speed. We will be stronger than ever, and we will have learned so much where something like this can never hurt us to the extent it has, and the world, again. In our present crisis, the strength of our people is our single most important asset, and together we will defeat this invisible curse, this invisible enemy and rise to incredible new heights. All right. That was president yesterday. And uh, again, uh, sharing information that I think many of us were hoping uh, would be a little bit better. We thought that the social distancing would be over by uh, Easter, but now is not going to happen uh, until at least the uh, 20th of uh, April or the 30th of April wanted to make sure we got that right and uh, this is going to go on for a while longer folks just something that uh, we're going to have to put up with and 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 make do with joining us on the phone uh, Robert Steinbach he's in Little Rock I'm in Cabot at my house Heidi is at the station back in Little Rock uh, running all of this and trying to keep it all on the rails and not running off the rails. And uh, Robert's opinions are his and his alone. He is a law professor at the Bowen School of Law, and his opinions reflect what he believes and not necessarily those of uh, the university or the Bowen School of Law. I want to go over a few things with you, Robert, and then get your take on it. Let me run down all of this. Nearly 60,000 uh, cases of coronavirus have been reported in New York uh, as of late Sunday night. New York has over 40 percent of the cases in the United States. In a seven-hour stretch yesterday morning, 98 people died in New York City. From New York reporter Aaron Durkin uh, Sunday, today 13 percent of the New York Police Department is out sick 4,651 officers. Police Commissioner Dermot Shea said he expects 900 to have tested positive for coronavirus by tomorrow morning or this morning. The disease is growing in Louisiana, especially in New Orleans. Uh, I know that doesn't sound real positive, but it sounds a whole lot better than Wuhan uh, in China, where uh, a reporter there uh, reported that uh, they had said in Wuhan they had about 2,500 fatalities. Now, by uh, looking at the number of uh, uh, cremations and the number of urns being sent to people, they figure the death rate really 
in Wuhan, because we know the Chinese have not squared with the world, is somewhere between 42 and 46,000 deaths, Robert. Unbelievable. Oh, I believe it. I absolutely believe it. And this is the, the thing. China has been lying to us throughout the process. There was an article in the New York Times about how China is involved in a disinformation campaign, not only about uh, the Wuhan uh, crisis, but many other things. And so there's no reason for us to believe the figures coming from the communist Chinese government. It's, in fact, the archetype of a context in which we should expect lies. Why? That's what totalitarian governments do. They lie to placate their own citizens and to placate the world so that there won't be a revolution. It's hard to have a revolution. It's hard to overthrow a government, as we saw many years ago when some Chinese dissidents stood up to tanks. That's what happened. The tanks won, not the dissidents. But it's even harder when you can't get enough support internally or externally because the populations are conned by the disinformation campaign. So I don't believe a word that comes out of China, uh, the communist Chinese government. Yeah, it's just uh, unbelievable uh, what's happening. And uh, we have a, a cut from Steve O'Bannon, and I'll play it for you later on uh, during this half hour, uh, dealing with how do we deal with China once... You know, all of this is settled. I mean, the U.K. prime minister says a time of reckoning is coming, and he makes a statement within uh, this segment talking about uh, states that have put up money uh, to bring in uh, Chinese companies to their states and things of that nature should all be preparing international lawsuits against the uh, Chinese government. Well, the, the fact is that we, for far too long, and Trump made this point when he was running for president, uh, for far too long, we have outsourced too much of our business to China. And why have we done that? Because the labor is cheap. And so yes. businesses say, look, consumers want cheap products, and therefore we have to outsource our business. But at least, and it may be broader, at least for those things that are integral to our society, this situation demonstrates, makes abundantly clear that there is a risk to our security when we outsource important aspects of our economy. And so the government, if, if there is any role for government, and I've always said on your show, Dave, there is a role for government, just limited government. If there's any role for government, it is to ensure that those things that keep the people of this country safe must be available when we need them. And that means we need to invest through government action uh, to have those facilities within the borders of our country. It's that simple. Not the money that's spent by the left. Well, you see, we gotta, we got to put solar panels on the roof of these buildings. Uh, that's, and I'm not anti-science, and I'm not anti-environment, meaning I've got no problem with the notion of having solar panels. It's, it can be a very effective way of getting energy and certainly a non-polluting way of getting energy. But that's not the role of government. 
That's the role of people, business, and the economy to decide. The role of government is to secure its people first. That means those critical infrastructure items that we need need to be produced within the United States. Yeah, let's let's. I'll say it the way I said it. I had Mike Lindell from My Pillow on sure. last half uh, hour because they're going to make masks. Uh, right. I, I I made the point. There's a difference between T-shirts and pharmaceuticals. A big difference, and we have to protect where we make our pharmaceuticals. Uh, T-shirts can be literally made just about anywhere. Robert Steinbach is our guest. Uh, he'll be with us until the end of the show. we got to get a break in. we got to do that. I'll play Steve Bannon for you when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. you got to hear what he has to say uh, about China. That's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, weather and traffic on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, we continue uh, in the final segment of the Dave Ellswick Show. We've been talking about China. I've been talking with Robert Steinbach, who is my special guest for this last hour and a half. And, uh, Robert, I played this earlier in the show. For those who didn't hear it, let me play it again. Here's Steve uh, Bannon talking about China. He's talking with the five, uh, and uh, this is what he had to say. 20 seconds on this and let's get to China. What do you think here? It's very powerful. He Every day he gets up there and he walks through the power moves that he's doing to help the governors and to help the mayors. And that's why people are tuning in. They want that information. I think these, these things cannot stop. He's a wartime president. We're at war against one of the most dangerous enemies the country's ever had. We're in an economic crisis that he's solving with Congress. It needs, I think it actually needs to be expanded with other people. But President Trump's part of it, I think, is very powerful and must continue. The country needs it. All right. And China accountable real quick. Okay, well, look, we now know that China knew about human-to-human transmission. Look, President Trump is dealing with Xi at a level he has to deal with it. The two countries have to get along. The Chinese people, who are the most decent, hardworking people on earth, have been really terrorized, I think, by the Chinese Communist Party. The Chinese Communist Party knew about this maybe as early as late November, and they didn't really fess up to human-to-human transmission until they couldn't hide it anymore. It's their biological Chernobyl, and they basically fessed up to it in mid-January. That is about 45 to 60 days this thing metastasized. The destruction in the world's capital markets, the destruction in pension funds, in value, in the human lives from Italy to India to Europe to the United States and to China. Remember, they were the biggest victims of this is on the doorsteps of the Chinese Communist Party. They are absolutely responsible for this and they must be held accountable. You're seeing people in the Senate right now saying that like Josh Hawley, Marco Rubio, Senator Cotton, are saying they have to be held accountable. I think every company that took a penny must sue them in federal court. I also think that any company that takes a penny must bring the supply chain back. And i got to tell you, the peoples of the world, and particularly particularly the decent people in... We've got to get that back in there. And and this is, by the way, the people that we're fighting for is also the Chinese people. These people are terrific. This is a totalitarian totalitarian dictatorship. If you see what they allowed, they lied about what was going on in Wuhan to the people in Wuhan. And the doctors who were the heroes there who exposed it were tortured and forced to sign confessions. They were rumor mongers. These doctors went back, and Dr. Lee, who's a martyr and a world hero, went back and died giving treatment to the 
people in Wuhan. That's the quality of people you have in China. And You're these right. are the monsters in the All Chinese right. Communist Party. They must be Thank held you. accountable. Steve, always appreciate it. Thanks, Biological. All right, we'll uh, move on there. But that was an interesting, uh, some interesting statements from O'Bannon uh, uh, there, uh, Robert. Do you want to comment on those? We've got about a minute and a half. Yeah, look, this only builds on what we were just discussing, Dave. Totalitarian governments are liars. It's an inherent, an integral part of what allows them to continue to operate. So when uh, Bannon says they have lied to the world about, or had lied to the world, and maybe I still think are lying to the world about what happened there, which caused greater harm to the rest of us, no doubt. It's an obvious fact, indeed. I'm not complaining about the observation. I'm just highlighting the fact that this is what the Chinese, Chinese and other, excuse me, totalitarian governments do by design. And we need to be more skeptical. We need to be more <clears throat> at arm's length with these types of governments because they are inherently dangerous. And so we need to be the opposite, by the way, of what, uh, you remember uh, uh, Bloomberg was saying, well, you know, you have to deal with China. Yeah, I get that you have to deal with China, but you don't have to be like Bloomberg, an apologist for China. Yeah, so, I, I agree. There you That's go. That's uh, very important what you were saying there. All right, we'll come back. we got a lot more to talk about in the next hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Going on 8 o'clock, uh, going to get your uh, News coming up, then traffic and weather and all the rest of that. Robert Steinbach and I will return in about six minutes. Let's move into the final hour of Dave Ellswick's show for a Monday. Okay, what do you need to know? Let me try to highlight everything that's happening right now. First of all, the president spoke to us yesterday uh, from the Rose Guard, said that the uh, social distancing guidelines are enforced now until the 30th of April. They were hoping to have them done and get the economy underway again. Uh, by uh, Easter, but they're going to have to go a couple of weeks longer than that and go June 1st. So that's the new the new normal deadline that we're looking at is on June. Uh, I think they said June 1st, starting to starting the uh, 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 the economy big time. But he felt that's when things would really be felt that things were going on the right track. He'll get everything really getting underway on the very beginning of May, just so uh, that you know. Uh, also, oil, Texas in, in, Intermediate crude uh, yesterday, well, this morning, under $20 a barrel. Not good. Uh, down lower because the president increased uh, the social distancing and that we don't expect the, the uh, uh, economy to really start 
revving back up until May, so uh, it's down. Uh, down in such a way that, uh, for instance, my son-in-law had to take a pay cut. He works uh, in oil, and he didn't lose his gig, but he did lose some money uh, as far as that's concerned. And uh, something that happened locally here, by the way, Robert Steinbach on uh, on the line with us, something that happened locally, Robert, was that they had uh, an EF3 tornado touchdown in Jonesboro, and I guess if you want to look at a bright side or, a, you know, a shiny cloud inside all the dark clouds, a silver cloud, uh, you'd have to say it hit a mall that on any other day that it hit, a tornado would have killed people because uh, it would have been full. And bottom line, it wasn't because of social distancing. And so they had 22 injuries. A couple people went to the hospital, but thus far nobody has died that we've heard of. That's good news, Robert. Of course. Of course. And we'll take the good news where we can get it. That's right. That's the way I've been doing it. And uh, That's right. let's, get, let's get more on this. Dan Sullivan. Uh, how, how, Senator-elect, shall I say, Dan Sullivan joins us. And, Dan, bring us up to date to where you guys are there in Jonesboro right now. Sure, Dave. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm uh, out in front of Journey Church right now. We've got a group of about, looks like, 30, 35 people headed out to clean up. And I was out yesterday um, in one of the hard-hit areas. You know, we did have a number of businesses hit, but we had, I think it's going to end up being well over 100, 150 homes that were uh, probably completely destroyed. So it's just amazing. I was out working yesterday, uh, cleaning up around the homes. It's just amazing that nobody was injured, seeing the extent of the damage. It's just really something. But, you know, the Jonesboro's a strong community. Uh, Arkansas is a strong state. We're going to bounce back from all of this. So how, how tough is this? I mean, it's tough no matter when it happens, but, I mean, doubly, maybe triply tough. It's happening during this time of uh, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Well, you're, you're right. It's just amazing. You know, those, the mall would have been full, but the mall was mostly shut down, except for a couple of the major anchor stores. Uh, so people just were not there. Uh, people are just staying home and honoring the social distancing and uh, other safety measures. So it's just amazing and uh, a blessing that none of this happened when the mall was full. Um, but again, you walk out and see the homes that were damaged, and people were not on the streets. Uh, you know, people were mostly home. They took the right precautions, did the right things, um, and again, people were just spared. So it's just a wonderful thing. And, you know, there's good things in everything. And the good thing, as you mentioned, and uh, Robert mentioned, the good thing is here to see the spirit of the people of Arkansas. You know, the, the spirit is just fantastic. Uh, people are bouncing back. People are out in the streets immediately helping one another. Uh, and this is happening all over Jonesboro. Groups like I'm with now, churches that are coming together, uh, reaching out to their community and their their uh, people and others to uh, help get the help prepare and bring us back. You know, I was the governor was here yesterday, and we really appreciate the governor taking the time to be up here and encourage our citizens and recognize what went on. The governor said this is probably the worst tornado damage he's seen since he's been governor. So you can imagine uh, what that looks like. But again, you know, the, the spirit of the Arkansans, the spirit of Jonesboro, is very well demonstrated during the coronavirus issue. Then you bring this tornado in on top of that. 
Uh, it's just really encouraging to see our people work together. Well, Dan, let me change uh, topics just for a second. Robert, if you have a question, jump in. But uh, you all had a special session on Thursday. You were, uh, I don't know exactly where the House was. You're still a a state representative at this time. Coming around at the beginning of next year, you'll be a state senator. Uh, What was it that the governor wanted you all to talk about during this uh, special session? Well, it was really pretty short and straight to the point. We just moved 173, 170-plus million dollars uh, that was um, surplus money into a direct uh, rainy day special, rainy day COVID form uh, uh, account that will give the governor a chance to use that 170-plus million dollars to shore up uh, shortfalls in our revenues to our various agencies. So whether it's education or um, Medicaid or other issues, you know, we're going to have a tremendous shortfall here in the next few days um, um, just in, because we don't have any revenue coming in. So this $170 plus million will help uh, shore up some of those funds just to get us through the end of the fiscal year, which is June 1st. I'm sorry, uh, June 30th. Okay, does, that, so you, does that answer your question? Yeah, that that answers my question. It was very, you know, speci- uh, the specificity of the meeting was important, that nothing came up yeah. that was uh, uh, outside the purview, so to speak, of what you would expect to happen during that meeting. I, yeah, correct. You know, i got to tell you. Go ahead. Well, there's just lots of things coming up. But we Everybody recognized the importance of uh, moving that those funds over to to the so that the governor had some control to use those immediately. So everybody that had other issues was respectful of the governor's leadership, and the governor's doing a good job in this. We appreciate that leadership. Um, but that was the sole purpose of this meeting. Now you may have a few other things come up in the uh, fiscal session, uh, but again, a lot of that depends on what it looks like. We met in the field house at UALR. And you can imagine having a hundred of us spread out all over the field house there. Um, you know, it was very difficult to do business and here and everything. So everybody was respectful of what the needs of the state are versus what their, um, what their personal, um, agendas might be and disrespected that, uh, and put our people first. Well, the special session gets underway, what, uh, first week of April May, 8th. is that correct? Yeah, April, well, April, April 8th. April the 8th. Yeah. Okay, so April 8th. Anything that you're seeing uh, having to come up during that special session uh, that should be of uh, interest to the the normal Arkansan out there? Well, I think there's some talk about uh, taking the telehealth bill, which should, was House Bill 1220. Uh, you know, the governor unit has failed for several sessions. Um, and I, I think we ran it for the third session uh, back in 2019, um, but that failed, and there's some talk about uh, bringing that bill back up. You know, the governor actually um, did activated House Bill 1220 via executive action. Um, you know, health care is so important right now, access to care, and if this issue and the COVID gets worse, there'll be some more discussions about other medical things we can do. I think scope of practice may come up. 
our discussion. You know, other states are doing that. Um, healthcare is an essential and critical element right now, and everything that we can do to help our people uh, have access to quality care is a good thing. Anything on your end, Robert, that you want to ask? Uh, I don't know if I want to ask something. I just I'm so pleased to hear that Dan is uh, up there in Jonesboro, uh, continuing to uh, assist. The people of Jonesboro, as you know, we were uh, throughout the campaign a strong supporter of Dan's for exactly this reason, which Dan understands the role of an elected official. It is to serve the people, not to be served by them. And in the comments made by Dan today, we see that uh, manifest itself. So I just wanted to thank Dan for his continued good work in the beginning of what will be a long-term career in the Senate, obviously limited by the term limits. Absolutely. And, Dan, we thank you for joining us on short notice. We'll let you get back to helping the people in Jonesboro as you're getting ready to go out and, and work with people at their homes. Yeah, let me just cap off what Robert said. You know, this is there's a, a renewed spirit in our state, in our nation with President Trump, a renewed spirit in our state that governments uh, do serve the people. And it's not about the people serving the government and the things that we saw and are seeing during all these emergencies uh, is a real effort for the government to serve the people. I think you're seeing that from our governor, from our Senate, from our House. And we just need to continue that. Uh, and help people see what it is and the real purpose of what our state government's all about. Dave, I appreciate you all. I appreciate the people of Little Rock, and I know that you're praying for us, and uh, we're going to bounce back and come through this in great fashion. Thank you. All right, Dan. Thank you very much, Senator-elect Dan Sullivan. Of course, he's uh, uh, state-elected representative right now, but first of the year he'll move over to being the new senator from the the, uh, the city of uh, Jonesboro in that district. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate your time. And good luck with the folks, and, and God bless the folks of, of Jonesboro. Uh, 819, let's get a break in. we got to do that. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back after traffic and weather. More with Robert Steinbach, uh, Steinbach when we uh, continue. All right, back with you, Robert Seinbach with us 21 minutes after 8. Don't forget about our good friends at P.I. Roofing. Uh, PIRoofing.com is where you can reach them on the web, PIRoofing.com. And they want you to know they can do all the business you need to do. Uh, And I know there's a lot of people up in Jonesboro that listen to this show via our our Facebook live uh, shot. Uh, Guys, if you need PI roofing, they come up and do it in your area and uh, can look at your roof and uh, they can be out there and give you a really good, uh, uh, you know, how much it's going to cost. They can they can look at it and tell you. So the bottom line is, uh, you know, go to PIRoofing.com and join them online. They can do uh, everything they need to do by phone or by teleconferencing with you. Uh, They understand that we're kind of in a difficult time with the social distancing, but they've made all kinds of, uh, you know, allocations for that. So you don't have to worry about it. And uh, you won't have to have a person even be by you uh, to take care of all this other than when they're out there to 
put a new roof on your house. So with that in mind, remember, piroofing.com. In these tough times, they're making it as easy as they possibly can on uh, you. Also know for their gutters and for their windows and everything else that they do. piroofing.com. Okay, back to Robert. Uh, Robert, uh, I didn't didn't mention this. uh, Let me bring it up uh, for everybody. And that is that uh, the... uh, News coming in is that uh, we have uh, Netanyahu uh, is si- not sick. One of his m- members of his of his staff has tested positive uh, for coronavirus. So uh, Netanyahu, the prime minister, going into uh, quarantine uh, as as we uh, we speak. So. Tough times uh, across the world, things happening, and as they happen, uh, people are doing what they need to do. I mean, New York right now has has the biggest problem right now. Forty percent of the cases of coronavirus are in uh, New York City. Absolutely incredible. Did you see the mayor of New York was on television this weekend? I didn't watch him live because it's too painful to do so, but I saw a clip thereafter, and I think it was Chuck Todd. No, it was the guy from CNN. I think Jake Tapper asked him, showed him some quotes, some video of himself just a week or two prior where he was saying to people, hey, go out, go out down to Chinatown and get some Chinese food. Yeah, Live yeah. your lives. Right. And he said, well, was that a mistake? And the mayor is so practiced in his phoniness, in his artificial saccharine like responses that he says without missing a beat. Well, we need to look forward. We can't look backwards. Here's the thing, Dave. It's one thing if he was actually doing something. I have no confidence that he's doing anything of value. But the second thing is I I've never heard him answer a, a question and say, yeah, we shouldn't have done it that way. Never, never. And he reminds me, this is exactly the kind of behavior that you saw with Hillary when she was running for president and why she left such a bad taste in so many people's mouths. <clears throat> there were clearly just egregious events going on under her uh, control. And she was never able to come out and forthrightly admit to those mistakes. And that's a problem. We need leaders who recognize their own humanity, their own failings. And when you see people like uh, de blah, blah, Blasio, uh, you know what the opposite looks like. The good news is, of course, is that he will never hold elected office again. He has demonstrated to the whole country how much of a sap he really is. So the good news is the more we see of him, the more we learn how much of a buffoon he really is. Yeah, amazing. By the way, did you see the New York Times uh, over the uh, weekend called for more access to abortions uh, during the uh, pandemic? Uh, They said, as Americans across the country face health risks and economic fallout due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the New York Times editorial board is calling for even more access 
to abortions. The Times editorial board accuses states who have declared abortion clinics a non-essential business as exploiting a pandemic that's already cost hundreds of American lives in order to restrict women's bodily autonomy. Texas, Ohio, and Louisiana have made that declaration, sparking the ire of abortion advocates. So, you know, we got people dying of uh, COVID-19. We should, uh, you know, make sure that the uh, access to an abortion has to be even easier now so we can lose more people. I think they should have to count them in the COVID death title then. Well, what's, what's particularly salient and not discussed much in this context is those are obviously medical procedures requiring uh, these per- personal protection devices, masks, uh, th- those kinds yeah. of things. Those are an extremely limited supply. So we need to have a discussion about which procedures we're permitting, because every time you permit one procedure, you are decreasing the availability of those personal protective devices uh, to other people doing other procedures. And I don't hear enough discussion of that. That's an elective procedure. I mean, for instance, at uh, uh, Baptist Hospital North Little Rock right now, uh, they put off all elective uh, surgeries uh, until the uh, uh, this is calmed down because they're using uh, operating rooms and things of that nature as, um, uh, you know, places to put sick people right now. I, uh, you know, the uh, inter- uh, uh, ICU units are being erected in those uh, surgical areas. Yeah, well, look, we have to prioritize health care during this time in, uh, of a pandemic. There's no question about that. And uh, that's a a discussion that needs to take place uh, quickly and definitively. And I I think in some contexts it is, but in some it is not. Yeah. So we have uh, a gun shop owner in a political cartoon looking at a woman saying, "Okay, we'll call you when your transfer is approved. And she says, what? But I need to have my handgun now. The guy says, well, do you support gun control? And she says, well, yeah. And he says, this is gun control. Yeah. Well, Good uh, political cartoon. You know that apparently the office here in the state that does concealed carry licenses is closed. And I'm not complaining about that. This is about priorities. But it highlights <clears throat> to you, Dave, and your listeners, of course, that these are the types of things you need to plan ahead for. I'm not suggesting that I've planned ahead for everything. <clears throat> okay, I want you to hold your thought. Yep. Hold your yep. hold your thought. Got to do yep. that because we've got Sean Hannity who joins us with his <clears throat> daily update. It happens right now. All right, 24 minutes till 9 here on a Monday show. Robert Stombach is with me. Uh, a Facebook uh uh, location, I think, if you live in the Cabot, Ward, Austin, Jacksonville area, be good for you, is Cabot Strong. Cabot Strong. Just go to Facebook.com slash and then uh, look for, uh, you know, Cabot Strong. And uh, you can, uh, you know, join up and be part of it. Uh, get started last week. They've already got uh, 1.6 thousand followers. And uh, different information there for businesses and uh, and things of that nature 
there's kind of an interesting one here from Becky Gerald. I'm going to read it. She's a new member as of yesterday. She says, kids everywhere are doing going on a bear hunt. This is a fun, safe, and free quarantine activity to give kids some excitement. How do you play? Well, uh, load your kids up in your car and just go driving around town looking for bears in people's windows or on their front porch. Uh, how can you join if you don't have kids? Add a bear of any kind, stuffed bear, picture, sign, etc., in your window or outside your house. The more there are, the more fun it is for the kids, and everybody can join in on the Great Bear Hunt and spread a little joy. So the Great Bear Hunt is uh, going on here in Cabot, and uh, I'll put something up at my house so people can can do this as well. It would be a lot of fun. I think that's a, a good thing to do. You can just put, you know, do a drawing. Put it up in your window. If you got a big stuffed teddy bear and won't get wet, put it on your porch. Just do that kind of stuff. Just things that, different things we can do to kind of make things a little bit more uh, entertaining for uh, younger kids. I know, uh, I don't know about you. I'll just say me. I've been uh, in the house uh, a lot the last two weeks. And, uh, you know, my wife has been really, really adamant that i don't go anywhere so i haven't even i haven't even got to go to walmart uh the last place that i went was in the car we went to uh to dairy queen and i got a chocolate shake other than that i have been in my house uh good things for my health i got the iv out last thursday so uh for the last four days it's been kind of nice haven't had that hooked up to me uh today i go see my wound doctor i hope i get a good uh some good notifications on that and maybe I'll be even able to drive. Drive where? I don't know. But maybe I'll be able to drive again. Uh, that, would be, uh, that would be fun. Uh, of course, Robert Steinbach is with us. He is in his house doing social, uh, uh, his social diligence, his distancing. Let me say, Robert, we're going to do this for a while longer, it looks like, at least, according to the president, till the end of uh, of April. So maybe starting in May, we'll be able to uh, see the economy start revving up and uh, those uh, checks that the government's supposed to be sending out to anybody. Uh, we'll have a little money in our pocket and can get out, maybe go to dinner and things of that nature. I sure got my fingers crossed that we'll be able to do that. Uh, me too, but by the same token, uh, I'm proud of most people for complying with the social distancing it's the only way for us to have an adequate level of protection and uh, i'm glad that a lot of people are not listening or thinking the way the mayor of new york was a couple of weeks ago when he was obviously just uh, repeating nonsense he had no basis for it oh just go out it's all good it's all good yeah that's the kind of stuff that drives me crazy about these elected officials. He's the one that tells you, oh, it's important. I need to be a leader. I need to go to the gym. I need to be healthy. I need to be uh, on the news as much as possible. But he's got nothing of substance to say. He doesn't know anything more than the next guy. People like him should shut his mouth and go away, frankly. Yeah, I I agree. He should do exactly uh, what everybody else has been doing and saying we're following the lead of the federal government. And the president, 
though he said he was hoping that we could get things started up again and by uh, Easter, uh, has always said that he listens to his health care uh, task force, and they said to him not until at least the end of April, and uh, the economy probably won't be, you know, blowing and going until uh, the 1st of June. So uh, let's just keep it in mind. So you and I will do this every day uh, that you're on between Monday and, and Friday during that time. Now, the, uh, the governor has already said that the schools here in Arkansas will be closed now until the end of uh, April, because that's what the, the president said. Uh, although I, I heard a really weird uh, newscast early on here on the show saying that uh, somebody said they thought they had heard that uh, Little Rock was going to open today. Folks, Little Rock is not going to open their schools today. I can almost pretty much guarantee, no, I can guarantee that that's not, They're not opening. That's just not, I don't know where that came from, but that's nonsense. Yeah, I agree, and uh, they're going to keep it. They're going to keep it closed. They have to keep it uh, keep it closed. All right. So we had an interesting discussion uh, in the last uh, hour uh, in the six o'clock. Was it six o'clock hour? Seven o'clock? Seven o'clock hour? I guess uh, with uh, uh, Mike Lindell, who makes uh, MyPillow.com, it was a really interesting uh, interview. I got it. I recorded it. I'll play it back tomorrow. Uh, but today I wanted to continue uh, just talking with you uh, about some things that he said. They're making face masks. They have they have they took a 200 square foot uh, manufacturing plant and restructured it to make face uh, masks in three days. Now, here's some of the things that I learned during that interview that I didn't know, Robert, and I don't know if you were privy to listen to it, but he said that those face masks are made by hand. They, they don't have a layout that they just push a button and uh, it's completely, you know, mechanized and computerized just to and, and make one. They got to wash the cloth a certain way. Uh, they had to get the right fabrics. They've got everything in a house, and they're making about 10000 now a day. It's really an incredible story about them and there's a lot of other industries that are doing things like this. That's amazing. It really is. Yeah. I mean, seriously. He says the, the good folks, the good folks that are really good on the uh, on the uh, sewing machines can make about 120 uh, masks in a eight-hour period. Uh, he says the others, uh, they're, they're doing about 100 masks in an eight-hour period. So uh, congratulations to the folks at MyPillow.com and to a lot of other companies that are, are making ventilators now and who are making, uh, you know, the face mask, Boeing, I think, are making the face mask, the shields, face shields, I guess a better word for it, that cover the eyes of the uh, the workers. So they've uh, restructured their plants to do that. That's what the, uh, you know, capitalism is all about robert being able to make those kinds of changes uh where if it was the federal government ordering it it would take weeks to get it done right that's exactly right that's exactly right that's how 
uh, a capitalist economy operates, and that's why it's inherently more efficient than a command and control economy. And we see people stepping up to fill that void. And the other thing is they uh, have now uh, are getting paid uh, for that stuff through the uh, phase three of the um, of the uh, recovery bill that passed uh, through uh, Congress. Now, Nancy Pelosi is pushing for phase four, which she says should be her bill that she wanted to uh, to pass. I'm not going to play it today because we're going to not have enough time. But uh, McCarthy, the minority leader of the House, said there ain't no way it's going to see the light of day. We're talking about uh, in this thing, uh, supposedly everything was about COVID-19. We're talking about increased access for abortions, tax money paying for abortions, and and just tons of other stuff about, you know, causing, uh, uh, what are they talking about, pollution reduction of aircraft and all, you know, and that that means, you know, carbon dioxide and stuff. Just uh, incredible things that have nothing, in fact, to do with uh, COVID-19. Of course, and that's, we've talked about this before, how the pork barrel comes out uh, when we're talking about uh, large bills, stimulus bills like we have. And it's unfortunate, it's inherent, we need to try to cut down on it, but I fear and expect we can't eliminate it. Yeah, I I agree. I I just don't understand. I hope the American people are paying attention to this. But I will tell you, the left is unrelenting. I was reading an article today about Marco Rubio, who was asking why the American press was even paying attention to what the Chinese government was saying. And you should have seen the lefties that came out and were attacking Rubio and talking about how we have more deaths than the Chinese have. And and that's nothing but false news. It is absolutely false news. We know the Chinese have lied about this. The Chinese uh, uh, reporter, Gao, I think it was his name, who reported that just by taking into account into account. Uh, burial urns and uh, uh, the number of people who have been cremated, uh, they figured that the death toll, uh, that uh, the, the the problem is that they, they know that uh, 42 to 46,000 people, uh, you know, died in Wuhan during that time. They said only 2,500 people died. Of course. Of course, you can't believe any of the numbers that are coming out of China. You can't believe China as a general proposition. That doesn't mean that everything that comes out is false. Indeed, uh, if it were, it would be easy to determine the truth. You just say the opposite. But you don't know what's true and you don't know what's false. It's a totalitarian government. They are wholly unreliable. And so when we talk about numbers, if they come from the government, it's as if you pick them out of a hat. Simply irrelevant. All right, Jim wants to talk to us, Robert. Let's get him on real quick. Jim, how are you? we got a couple of minutes. What do you have for us? Yeah, uh, I just want to kind of try and help you guys out and put this a little bit into perspective. Uh, people around this part of Arkansas and stuff like that don't can't fathom what's going on. China has a 
billion more people in that country than we have in the United States. And when you're talking about New York with the most cases, well, it's logical that the most cases, because half the roads that we drive on down here in the south, the sidewalks in New York City are the same size. And then you've got cars parked against the sidewalk and a little narrow strip to drive a vehicle through. I I mean, uh, the one thing I like about New York City is the dead blasted red lights and green lights are are the most synchronized lights in the nation. Uh, It's unreal. You stop at a a red light, you look left, you look right, and every light as far as the eye can see are are the same way. But there's a sea of people just crossing the intersections. It's just unreal sitting there at Decker and, you know, or there by the Chase Manhattan Bank in a big truck and people waving at you and stuff like that. And these people are shoulder to shoulder and they're 10 across from the storefronts or the building fronts to the curb of the sidewalk. And I'm like, my God, you know, people just don't, they just cannot fathom what New York is like. And if you take the pointed end of a compass and you stick it on Chase Manhattan Bank and you draw a 45-degree circle around that bank, you're talking 100 million people or close to it. It's just unbelievable how many people live up there. And I hauled groceries up there for, for eight and a half, 12 years, and they eat a lot of food. <laughs> well, yeah, Jim. I mean, I, I understand. It's like Chicago. Chicago has six million people in it. Let me just yep. let everybody know that's double what Arkansas has as a state. In, in the entire state. That's and, right. You know, and, and then, and then you, you talk about China and China and people can't comprehend that there's a billion more people. It's like a hundred times the largest city in the in the United States. Yeah. How many people they have over there? And so I just wanted to kind of put that in perspective. No, I, and, uh, I agree. One, one other little thing, tad bit thing, or whatever. With all of the people that are, I, I, I want to compliment everybody there in their drive-in. Normally in the mornings, coming in for group in from out. Malvern Way, it's backed up from the 121 all the way to the Baseline Road, uh, Alcoa Road to Baseline every morning on the eastbound side of 30. It was just flowing wonderful this morning. And Pat y'all all on the back, you did an outstanding job. Uh, but uh, I want to turn around and tell the highway department, uh, you know, these displaced workers, uh, hire them and put them to work. These roads are in pitiful shape in Arkansas. We need some road work done. All put right, them, Jim. You know, I got to let work. you go, Jim. I'm up against uh, the wall. I got to move on. Thanks for your call. Some good information there here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Nine minutes till nine. Robert and I will finish up this half hour with you when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, things that happen in other states that perhaps have not happened in Arkansas, I can just tell you it will get here sooner or later. Out in Colorado, uh, they are reporting uh, how uh, some people are saying they're law enforcement but are not and are impersonating law enforcement officers and pulling drivers over during that state's lockdown order to combat the uh, coronavirus. So let's say, uh, you know, the governor says no restaurants, blah, blah, blah. You, you only go into, you know, shop or go into a doctor's appointment or whatever. Uh, look, unless you know uh, it is a state police officer pulling you over, uh, keep driving. 
uh, or drive to an area that is really well lit and there's some other people around you, like a gas station or whatever, and then wait for the person to get out their car. Uh, Over in Colorado, they've had several instances of people being pulled over and the uh, person who does not banish a badge or anything uh, saying, uh, hey, why are you out uh, now uh, with uh, the curfew on your corona on this coronavirus and then you need to go home right now and then following them home and the only blue light they have is one that's sitting up on their dashboard folks uh police cars have more than just a blue light uh typically on their dashboard so keep that in mind uh, and and be careful out there just use common sense Maybe you want to stop just to make sure nothing, uh, you're not going to do anything wrong. If you do something like that, pull where there's other people and there's plenty of light. And we've, we've kind of lived by that rule for a while. People have done this from time to time uh, in other areas, even here in Arkansas. Uh, so do, be, do, do exercise uh, caution. Uh, as well, of course, myself, I carry a firearm in my car. I suggest that everybody does that just for their own personal text, uh, protection. Hey, down to just a couple of minutes left, uh, Robert. What else you got for today? Well, of course, in, during the day, I will be continuing to self-isolate, uh, but pay attention to the news, see what's going on in the world, trying to stay <clears throat> as connected as possible. But we all need to understand that this is the new normal for a short period of time, short to medium, and I'm not trying to rush it, and I'm not trying to um, uh, do the opposite. Uh, It is what it is, and we need to let this process play out. And that's I'm just going to be, just like everybody else who listens to your show, Dave, uh, part of the process. Yeah, just use common sense and uh, take your allergy pill, right, Robert? That's right. Oh, I'm feeling the effect of the pollen today. That's for sure. Yeah, it happens. All right. Well, I'll talk to you along the, this week. You'll be on from time to time. Uh, anything come out about the uh, law school? Are they closed until the 30th now? Well, we have gone online a while back. Uh, we were, okay. uh, I think, pretty quick on the forefront of that. And now we are discussing how we're going to be grading finals. Do we go to a pass-fail system or not? <clears throat> My sense, excuse me, is that we're probably <clears throat> excuse me, going, going to go to a pass-fail system. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about that the next time you come on. It'd be interesting to hear what's going on at Bowen School of Law. Remember, Robert Steinbach is a law professor there, and his opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the Bowen School of Law or the university. Thanks, Robert. You have a great day, brother. Keep your head down and stay well. Stay well. All right. Tomorrow we'll have uh, Elizabeth on with us. She'll be joining here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Tomorrow, I've got a segment I want to play with uh, the minority leader of the House, McCarthy, and some things that he had to say about uh, none other than uh, Nancy Pelosi. And tomorrow, I ran out of time today, tomorrow I'm going to play Ode to Joy by Beethoven by the, uh, I think it's the Rotterdam Symphony uh, out of... uh, 
Europe, and uh, they they played all of their parts in their apartments, and then it was all put together, and it sounds fantastic. You'll get to hear that tomorrow. That's all coming your way on the Dave Ellswick Show. Until then, 6 a.m. tomorrow. 